Welcome to the family with Tevin Pittman, Alex Rampernard Rasmussen, co-host and horrible mother Catherine Brandt, <laughs> Andy Rampernard, <laughs> and Mike Bryant. <laughs> We're not, we might not let uh, Tevin stay because he's wearing a gopher. Pardon me, a Viking gopher. logo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right you, gotta, go. you gotta support him in the downtimes. You might yeah. you know. Oh, well then or that's you just, just put it on and leave it. Just leave it. Live in it. Yeah. So wait a minute. You you wear that the downtimes for the Vikings? Yeah, so I've never taken this off. I was gonna say sixty <laughs> years you've yeah. been wearing that? Wear yeah. Sixty years you've been wearing it. That's a good news. And he'll wear it sixty more. <laughs> we'll be right back. Special guest Sam Baltrus is coming up. The curse of Lizzie Borden is a new paranormal shock documentary on Discovery Plus. Right back with Jesus Sam right after this. <laughs> Holy cow, these are loud. I don't know. Do an ad or ever had a one? Wow, they're loud. Not a fan. Wow. Do Sure. Michael Bryant. So I'm sitting out in the parking lot, waiting for the podcast to start, and I watched five different cars drive by, and all five of the drivers are doing exactly what Tevin's doing right now. Except they were driving a car. He's not driving a car. And just (laughs) staring at their cell phone as they went around the corner. And they were going around the corner right there by, you know, by Continental (laughs) Diamond. So you know, they don't know what's around the corner. And crazy. What? I, why do they keep using their cell phones? It's nuts. All right, it doesn't make any sense. What's Continental Diamond? What's that? It's across the street. That's where they sell diamonds. No, I'm, I'm sure you, you know it. He's never been too friendly to me. Oh, yeah. You've never done their ads. No, he just went out of his way to not be friendly either. Mm. So. Maybe he didn't. He didn't know. I said, don't you know? <laughs> Have they ever done ads on KQ? I don't think so. Huh. I don't think so. Okay. And that's just all up to... <laughs> Doug, uh, Doug Sprinthal and Michael Bryant and Mike Bilski and you know mm-hmm. good solid citizens. Oh, so Bradshaw and Bryant. <laughs> Tommy, how long have you been at KQ? Thirty-six years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or a Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Rocking out, man. Okay, Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden and took an ex, ex gave her mother, mother 40 wax. wax. Yeah. And, then and then when she then was she done, she, gave, she, her, she, gave, she gave, her gave her father, father 41. 41. Yep. What? 
Have you Lizzie never heard of Lizzie had an Did you, like, her you never jumped wax. rope, apparently. And when she was done, <laughs> I'd never jump rope either, but, yeah. but <laughs> you know that rhyme. Yeah. So. Nope. Yeah. But yeah, we used to use that a lot as kids. I don't know yeah. why. That's a real rhyme? Yeah. That's a real rhyme. On the store? Yeah. No, not she's dead. You don't know who she's Lizzie Borden is. No, she's a rat. I don't know who Lizzie Borden is. No, it's a, a Jay Z song. <laughs> I've been to her house. Her house is in Massachusetts someplace, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I've been there. How old was she when she did that? Not uh, old. Yeah, yeah, a kid. I think. Was she that? I think she was I a kid. I thought she was a teen. I don't know. I think oh, she was wait. a teenager. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Lizzie Andrew kid. Borden was an American woman, tried and acquitted. She was acquitted? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, somebody's here. From Sam, I'll just tell you, Sam Beltrusis. How you doing, Sam? Hey, doing well. How are you? Now, Sam, let me ask you, how do you work with Dave Schrader? It's got to be just horrible on a daily basis, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, working with Dave, actually... He's actually one of the few people in the paranormal field that I trust. So he, um, <laughs> well, there you, know, you go. He, yeah, he. So he definitely is someone that I enjoy working with, and I'm able to go there because he's so knowledgeable about the paranormal. Well, he is a team of paranormal experts led by lead investigator Dave Schrader, a psychic medium Chris Fleming, EVP specialist Luann Jolly, and Borden family descendant. You're a descendant of the family. Yeah, yeah. So that's Sad. something. So I've actually I've written thirteen books. I'm a historian, uh, and it, I never really looked into my 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 mother's backstory, like where my grandfather came from. And she actually found out that we're related to the Borden family not once but twice. Mm. So w by being related to to the Borden mm. family, it kind of made my life make sense because I've been actually writing about the Borden murders for years. Oh so my God! It kind of <clears throat> it was a weird twist in my in my family. Uh, Lineage. Now we were just talking about. Uh, we have a young man with us here, uh, Tevin Pittman. Mm -hmm. How old are you now, Tevin? Uh, Twenty nine. Twenty nine years old. Never heard of Lizzie Borden. No, not until you guys started singing the jump rope. Song. Sam, how's that possible? <laughs> it's not the jump rope song. <laughs> it's not a jump rope song. It's, it's a ditty. It's, it's, actually, Sam Beltrusis took an axe. No, yeah. that's not. I guess it wasn't Sam. Yeah, that's right. It was his cousin. It was his cousin Lizzie that did it. Anyway, Sam. So you you not not once, but you you're related to Lizzie Borden in two ways. But she, as Alex, our daughter, just pointed out, she was acquitted. Yeah. Wow. She yeah she was. Uh, so so it was the trial of the century happened in 1892. Her stepmother and her father Andrew Borden were found murdered, and it wasn't just a. A simple murder. It was actually an overkill. So uh, she was brought into trial, and she was acquitted for for the murders of her family. However, she was never able to live down uh, the legacy that she was responsible for the murder. So it was kind of something that followed her for the rest of her life. She ends up taking the inheritance and buying a beautiful mansion, actually right down the street, and uh, it's called Maplecroft, the home. And people would taunt her and. You know, like like throw rocks out her window, and uh, they actually said that rhyme. Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her father forty wax, and like that actually that rhyme came up while she was still alive. So she would hear that while she was like, you know, in in Fall River. Hmm. It was Fall River in Mass. Fall River, Massachusetts. So how did she get acquitted? Did they come up with another alternative plan B, or what? How what caused the acquittal? Well, well, I mean, if you really, if you look at her, she was a small framed woman. So the idea that a woman could commit this kind of crime, and you know, it was like eleven hits to her father and nineteen to uh, to, to the mother. So it was like an overkill. Um, 
so but also too like there was there was a lot of a lot of mysterious like mysterious pieces going on there too so the, the only people that were supposedly in the house was Bridget Sullivan the maid uh, and you know and really there was no blood evidence either so she had this blue dress on that had one speck of blood on it so there was like there were like there was a lot of reasons why it didn't make sense she actually did commit the murders, but she was the only one in the house. Hmm. Uh, you know, looking looking back on it, I would say that uh, John Morse, the uncle, should have been more of a prime suspect, but he had a really solid alibi to the point where it was almost like too good to be true. Hmm. So I think it has a lot to do with the fact that she was a woman and that the, a woman can, could not commit that the kind of crime in 1892, according to you know the general public. But if you look at the... The show that we did, The Curse of Lizzie Borden, it really goes into not really the whodunit part of it, but the, the sort of like there may be something more nefarious at play uh, or more sinister. And I, you know, I, I believe uh, if you look at our family lineage, I'm not only related to Lizzie Borden, I'm related to a lot of uh, either victims or perpetrators like Eileen Warnos, like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's a whole line that's connected not only to me, but also to Lizzie Borden as well. So I, it's almost, that's the whole idea of the, of the family curse, where we look into the other murders that happened, not only, you know, to Lizzie Borden's family, but also to Sarah Maria Cornell and other people that were killed in the 1617 and 1800s. Huh. That is amazing, because I'm related to a bunch of people who are just miserable failures. But other than that... <laughs> well, I remember being... Related to miserable failures than that axe murderer. That's <laughs> probably true. Yes. Isn't there like a line fun. of thought though that it had something to do with the lead in their in their oh, that they were ingesting yeah. and that um, it added to their the I don't know defense. being demental. Yeah, you know, like that. I've heard all sorts of theories. I had, you know, my like my general idea with with cousin Lizzie is that <laughs> she Lizzie. was. That she had, she definitely had a mental disorder. Like there was a disassociative disorder. She had a psychotic break of some sort. Because if you really look at her past, she was a Sunday school teacher. There was no mental instability uh, that that they could really trace back to her committing these kinds of crimes. The lead, the lead poisoning. I, I've heard. I'm also. A, I specialize in the Salem witch trials as well. Hmm. Uh, and and we hear these kind of like the ergot theory that maybe the afflicted girls were taking ergot or. Uh, and I, I don't think that there's anything way to prove that. I, I just know that if you look at the facts, the facts kind of you, you the point that it's really not. I don't. I don't know how she would would have been able to commit those murders mm-hmm. unless something else was going on. You know what amazes me, Sam? That just came up on the morning because I do a morning show in town as well. But <clears throat> it just came up this morning. You know, the people's belief in this. and You know, that I grew up, I went to Catholic school for nine years, but until 1969 or 70, whenever the book came out, I don't remember. But I never even heard of exorcism, which is kind of weird. I, I, you would think that since it was a Catholic priest deal, until that movie came out, I never even heard of it. Did they try to cover a lot of this stuff up, or what, what's that all about? So when it comes to, so, so I'm, in, in addition to being a, clair, a, a, a historian, I'm also a clairvoyant. Right, so, right. Um, so I'm actually, I see dead people, that's kind of what I do in addition to it. So I actually channel on the curse of Lizzie Borden, I channel one of my relatives, Eliza Borden. Um, when it comes to exorcisms, I think people get confused with, there's sort of, there's uh, demonic possession, which I have not 
dealt with, I usually pass it on to either a priest or someone that specializes in that. I deal with, uh, you know, I, I've had an attachment myself, uh, and so it was, an, but it was a person. So it was a person that kind of took over, and they call that entity manipulation. So I think, like the whole idea of an exorcism is, you know, specifically geared towards demonic infestation. Uh, in this situation, when I when we talk about Lizzie Borden, was it a demon? Possibly. I mean, it was something dark and negative, but it could have been a, 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 a right. human that took the shape of a negative entity. So there was the entity manipulation going on. But I mean, I, what, what amazed me about that is to not, to, I mean, you grew up in a Catholic family for many generations, go to a Catholic school for nine years, none of that ever came up. Uh, do people like to avoid these, like, do people even, no, you could you can go into the old board and residence, right? Isn't that like a showpiece now or something? Yeah. Yeah, it was a bed and breakfast for, oh, for many okay. years. There, there's actually, yeah, there was an, uh, our new owners, and truthfully, uh, going into the house, like, I was terrified to go into the house even before I knew I was related to Lizzie Borden. Um, I do think when you go in and you investigate a location over and over again, it's going to kind of stir the pot. Yeah. So what the sinister entity that we encounter in the show, The Curse of Lizzie Borden, you know, was it something that was there in 1892 or was it something that was either, you know, like <laughs> stirred up by other investigators or brought in by other investigators? I'm not sure. I just know that we combated darkness in this investigation. And, you know, if, if you guys are able to watch it, I mean, Dave, I've never seen Dave getting taken over as much as, as intensely as he was during the seance that we had on the show. Huh. So you've never so. met Cassie because she takes him over completely. Oh, <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so is, it, it, do you see a connection between the Salem Witch Trials and Lizzie Borden, or is it just your interest that you have those two? Well, that's a good, good question. So I um, so I was a, a tour guide in Salem for ten years, and I oh. wrote two books on Salem. Okay. So in addition, in addition to being related to Lizzie Borden, guess what? I'm related to the Putnam family, who were the a major yep. accusers during the Salem witch trials. So uh, when we were doing this show, we were trying to find a, a like a family tie to the witch trials or the Putnams and to the Borden family. Uh, we couldn't find that blood connection. But that is something that I'm looking into. I think that there is something going on with the Salem Witch Trials. And what's interesting about that, too, the Witch Trials happened in 1692, and the murders happened in 1892. Right. Oh, yeah, well, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah there's a date issue, yeah. So, Sam, what's interesting, now, I don't hear it much anymore, but at one time, I remember, there was a group of people that insisted that the Borden murders were sexually motivated, that somebody, the father, was having sex with Lizzie or whatever the deal was. That, there was speculation... Is there any sign that that might have been part of it as well? Yeah, so a, a part, like as someone who is clairvoyant has, has interacted with the spirits in the house okay. multiple times, I definitely picked that there was sexual uh, assault going right. on. Uh, right. and if, you, if you even look at her relationship with her father, it didn't, it was, something wasn't right about it. Uh, her, her room in the, in the murder house was literally right, like one door away from her father's room, and he had the key to the room. And and there, you know, picking up on like the idea and the, the when we're kind of working on the show was that there was a splinter personality that broke off from Lizzie that committed the murder. So almost like a you know like a, a, a fractured self that kind of implanted itself in the house. And I call it crazy Lizzie. 
But the Crazy Lizzie was the one I think that either broke like broke off or splinter from the original Lizzie during the sexual assault. So is there proof of it? No, but there definitely is anecdotal evidence that there was sexual yeah, I mean that you heard you heard that immediately from when I was a kid uh, reading about it because you 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 hear that it's like why would a little girl axe murder her parents? And then you start reading about it and you go, oh, that's why. Yeah, okay, sexual assault might do that to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would probably get it done. There's no doubt about it. Now, what you you guys are going to have a séance from the bedroom of Lizzie Borden herself? Is that right? Well, yeah, we were. So, but yeah, it, it was in Lizzie Borden's bedroom that we did the. And that's that is where the splinter self was has been oh, spotted. Okay, okay. Yeah, so we we did it, and I will say that the seance was life changing. Um, it was basically combating evil, and that you can actually see the show on Discovery Plus, and hopefully on the Travel Channel coming up soon. Uh, but yeah, it, it definitely was a life changing experience. It was me, Chris Fleming, uh, and Dave Schrader. Uh, you know, at the table with Luann Jolly as well, and you know, and I was there to work with Chris as a clairvoyant uh, to help the spirits communicate, and Chris was helping Dave throughout the seance. By the way, I'm a, today for the rest of the day. I'm going to refer to this as Ghost Tober Fourth. Ghost Tober. I want you to know that Ghost Tober Fourth. <laughs> well, it says kicking off Ghost Ghost Tober for the spooky season ahead on Discovery Plus. Exactly. <laughs> I love Discovery Plus. By the way, I think Discovery Plus is doing a hell of a job keeping their their programming very very interesting. I like I like Discovery Plus a lot. Yeah, I you know I, I was a little skeptical because I I really not a big streaming per platform person. But mm-hmm. once I started, uh, I mean all the shows that I've ever been on are actually on Discovery Plus. So it's actually great to have a show that I was on a show called Forbidden History, and that's that was Yo, on the sure. Science great Channel. Show. Yeah. yeah, and that's now that is now on Discovery Plus. So even if I was on a show on another network and it was under this Discovery umbrella, it's going to appear on Discovery Plus. So yeah, I love it. I love I love this, the programming. Hmm. So is it a problem getting people to cooperate with you if they don't, you know, believe one hundred percent in what you're doing? Is it kind of difficult to work with some people? I, you know, when I when I go into a situation. So I you know, gave tours for many years, and a lot of times I really focus on the history. For me, a, you know, a ghost basically is, is history demanding to be remembered. So I approach it as a history lesson first, and if people want to go into the paranormal aspects of it, uh, then that's fine too. If I Say if I'm leading a ghost tour, then obviously we do talk about the ghost. But I really, I've learned that by having sort of the historical background and being able to talk about the history first, that will kind of, uh, people then will ask about the ghost and then you start talking about the ghost lore and then you, you know, so I, I, I really approach it, uh, know, I know what I'm talking about and so people are able to, like if they, they're not interested in the ghost, then they, then they want to know about the history. Is it a, t- a difficult, now I would imagine the Lizzie Borden story would be different because that town, Fall River, would want to talk about that because I'm sure they make some pretty decent dough off it in the in the season. But do you have a lot of communities, you know, whether at the city level, the county level, state level, is it hard to get uh, people to work with you in some areas? Yeah, I mean, Massachusetts, when I first started writing about the paranormal, um, was very tight-lipped about its ghost. And, in fact, like, you know, when they would buy my first book, which which was Ghost of Boston, uh, I remember people, like, wanting to 
a brown paper bag like it was ghost porn or something. <laughs> and, like, like they didn't, they didn't want to be known that they're reading ghost stories. But I think because of, of shows like The Holzer Files with Dave Strader and other shows, we really pushed the envelope forward when it comes to the acceptance of the paranormal. Uh, I do think, you know, you brought up the, the Catholic school. You know, I had that upbringing as well. Right. I think we're taught in, in church and ta- taught in, you know, it, it, with our families that ghosts aren't real. And But I, I think that people have had experiences. Sure. So, uh, so what, I, what I've you know, seen, I'm like, I don't believe in ghosts, but this one time, blah, 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 right. happened. There was a, a spirit sitting on the corner of my bed. So, the that's I would say sixty seventy percent. I mean, there's a large percentage of people who had that experience at one point in their life, and, and so it's pretty easy to I guess win them over is not the right word, but just sort of like convince that I at least I believe that that spirits are real. So there's definitely more of a pop culture acceptance of the paranormal, and that's because of all those all, all the TV shows that you see on Discovery Plus. So did you grow up in Mass? No, so I grew up, I actually grew up in Florida and Chicago. Uh, my parents divorced, so I was Chicago until I was seven, and then I moved to Florida, and I went to college in the 90s. Okay. So the idea that I'm actually related to the Borden family completely doesn't make sense. I mean, like, I'm, I'm from Florida. You know, it would, you wouldn't think that I would be related to all these New England families, but I did know that my great-grandfather was originally from Rhode Island. So, oh, okay. uh, that, so it kind of, it, it all ties to him. But no, I so I moved in the '90s. I uh, lived here on and off since the since 90, 1990, and I lived in New York City for about ten years as well. Where in Rhode Island was he from? Uh, so Portsmouth, Rhode Island, yep. mm-hmm. and my and to kind of give you an idea, my mother is um, is Southern, so she's on the, the Panhandle, of Florida, and she was like, "Sam, our family's from Portsmouth," and mm-hmm. I'm like, "Mom, it's Portsmouth, not Portsmouth." And she's like, "It's Portsmouth." <laughs> I'm like, "It's Portsmouth, Mom," mm-hmm. but. But yeah, so long. Yeah, so it's from Rhode Island and also from Newport as well. Okay, I find that well. First of all, Florida, that entire state, man, you can find some people talking ghosts down in that state, <laughs> all the way from Key West up to exactly where you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Pensacola is actually where my my mother is from, right? And uh, and, and and my dad was in the Navy, so uh, so that's where they met, and so we we basically. Uh, you know, I, I grew up with history. I love the love of history. We you know, had a lot of Pensacola, like whole part of Florida. Uh, St. Augustine is considered the, like the oldest settlement in the country uh, in the in the 1500s. But Pensacola actually had a settlement before that was that was blown away by a hurricane. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah. So there's a, there's you know we I now that I'm in Massachusetts, I focus focus on, of course on the on the Pilgrims in Plymouth. And what, uh, something to point out, I'm actually reporting from Provincetown, Massachusetts, okay. uh, which is where the, where the Pilgrims first landed before heading to Plymouth. So I'm actually right by the spot where the Pilgrims first landed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got to be kind of interesting. I, I would imagine just uh, exploring that area has got to be pretty much a thrill, isn't it? It, it really is. When, when you so say, go to Salem or you, you go to even Provincetown, and you go to the location where the pilgrims first landed. You're kind of you 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 absorb the history. And someone that's sensitive to the paranormal, you sometimes pick up on the ghosts as well. You know, it's interesting. I mean, you, you brought this up earlier, and I've been thinking about it for a couple of minutes now. That, and I have nothing against anyone. If, if anyone has a deep faith in you know in Christianity or you know Catholicism or Judaism or you know if they're Muslim, whatever, I, it, it's fine. I, I don't, you know, you believe what you want to believe and all the rest of it. But you, you bring up 
what you do to those people and go, oh, that's not true. So it's okay for them to believe in something they can't prove, but it's not okay for you to believe in something they can't prove. I, I don't really understand that thinking at all. Do you have? Is that a problem sometimes? You know, it really isn't. I, like, I, like I mentioned before, <clears throat> yeah, it, it really. It, I, I tend to speak my truth and what I I experienced, and and I think that people see that. Like I'm not trying to, you know. You know, you mentioned before about like Fall River embracing, you know, Lizzie Borden, and it, it really like people think that, that there's like this money to be made from this, and it really isn't. For me, it's it basically it's selling books, and that's not a lot of money. So why would I be doing this? Why would I be going on the record talking about right. about a ghost experiences with ghosts? Because I think that I think that they that they exist and they have stories to be told. I do know from my experience with the with the paranormal. You know, a ghost, they, they want their story to be told and to be told correctly. Uh, and that once that happens, then, then they sometimes cross over. So like for me, my mission or my purpose is to tell their stories. And, and, and that, that's, you see that a lot with, with the marginalized communities like women, people of color, uh, who have not had a voice historically. But, you know, as an author... I try to focus on on those people in my books, the ones that don't get the the, the acknowledgement that they that they deserve. I just I wrote a book called The Ghost of the American Revolution, which is coming out uh, November first, and that book focuses not on the the big names like George Washington and Ben Franklin, but the others like like Mary Mary Washington, George Washington's mother, like Martha was an yeah, Martha was the wife, mm-hmm. and, and, and she's in the book too. But I really focus on Mary, on Mary Washington, and like Peter Salem, who was the African American who fought during the American Re- Revolution. So people that normally don't get the spotlight. No, I got to so, ask you. We, oh, we have good. a we have a young black man in the studio right now. Tevin, did you did your your family, your friends, or did you ever discuss these things from a black perspective? No. Ghosts? You didn't talk about it. No. You're too afraid. Really. I mean, like, You're scared. Anytime, like, any like ghosts, like, especially if it's like movies and the stereotypical, like, it's always a white family that gets caught up in. Because I'm moved out the exactly. house before any paranormal activity thing comes and gets me. You just move. Oh, gone. <laughs> gone. <laughs> I don't even pack my stuff up. Who was <laughs> the one that had the stuff? great? One of the greatest comments I read. I can't remember, but I I will remember eventually. Mm-hmm. They asked a young black man about this on. One of the talk shows, I don't remember what it was, said, you have to understand something, man. White people are afraid of, like, you know, a death in the family. They're afraid they're going to lose their job. Where my people, we're afraid of dogs and ghosts. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's always, like, like oh, like there was a, because I think it was the Waynes brothers did, like, a scary that, movie. It might have been one of the Waynes brothers. And they were, like. Oh yeah! If you made a scary movie with like a black family, it'd be about a five-minute movie. Because the second, <laughs> the second something goes bump in the night, gone. We're just all packed up, and now your movie's over. Richard Pryor had yeah. one of the greatest of all time. There have never been a possession of a black family because you go, "Hello, goodbye." <laughs> exactly. That's because they're smart. Exactly. Why would you hang right. around? I know. Just go. pants out. I think, Sam, is it an extension of a belief in in higher powers and all that? Is this who battles higher powers? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I I do. Like, I think in the show, The Curse of Lizzie Borden, that's what was going on. It was good versus bad. I think that there's been a lot of darkness this past year and a half with the COVID crisis. Yeah. I think that. 
that when it comes to, I, you know, I do think, I consider myself a light worker, so I work in the light. And uh, so the light workers are basically dealing with a darkness that's sort of prevalent throughout. So I do, so someone like Chris Fleming, who has a background in sort of like angels and demons, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like he deals with the light and dark, you know, combating darkness. But I do think that there's a battle going, a spiritual battle going on right now. Uh, and I see it as a clairvoyant. Huh. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the, the Curse of Lizzie Borden, a new paranormal shock documentary on Discovery Plus. Sam Baltrus is with us. Dave Schrader. I wouldn't let him get involved with it if I were you, Sam. It's just me. You know what I'm saying. But Yeah, well, uh, they, I, you know, when, when they said, so I'll, you know, I've, I've been friends with Dave. Um, you know, I was on a show, and when they said he was going to be on the show, I'm like, I'm like, really? Like, Dave Schrader's going to be on the show? Yeah. But when he, when he was there, it all made sense. Like, I think the people that were called to be part of the cast were almost called by the spirit realm. And uh, so when he was there, and also, like, I was, I've been on the show many times, and every time we, I get on a show, like, the topic could be about, you know, Provincetown or could be about anything else, always ended up on Lizzie Borden. So I felt like we had kind of like a foreshadowing thing going on, you know, like, for years. Yeah. And I, and I, I do know, like, when we were in, in the house investigating and we were doing the seance, it all made sense. It all made sense that he was supposed to be there with me, uh, with Chris Fleming, to, to do what we did. <laughs> Sam, I look forward to watching it. I look forward to talking to you again. So, uh, you're going to talk to Dave. Matter of fact, I'll probably talk to him. I was going to say, say hello to Dave for me, but I'll probably call him later anyway. Just yeah, to- yeah so tell, him, tell him I said hello. I, have, I, I talked to him yesterday, so he's, he's doing well. I'll get it done. Sam, thanks so much for your time today. It was great talking to you, sir. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Have a good day. You too. Sam Baltrusis, ladies and gentlemen, the curse of Lizzie Borden. We'll take a very quick break and be right back for a shorter little second half to this hour. Right after this. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses. Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business. When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop. We've also helped them set up the next generation of owners, keeping the business and family for years to come. Tom here. If you want a family business like me or any business, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. I know them and trust them with my banking. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced, professional bankers. Sounds like we really won you over, Tommy. Well, let's not get crazy, Brad. Seriously. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member, FDIC, and equal housing lender? As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. 
Call 1-800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. All right, so we got 14 here, Andy. All right, then. Works for me. Uh, I just went in the other room to check on a couple of things. While I'm in the other room, I hear my wife saying, you know, Tom's possessed. He's I heard been that. Been oh, I'm no longer possessed. It's been a few times. What was that other thing when you're not really... What did he... He said fugue state? No, he said that you, you get taken over by an entity called... It's not a, it's not a spirit... You get taken over, over by another person. Didn't you hear that oh, interview? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what did but, he call it? Yeah. Didn't you hear that? <laughs> I've, been reading, good, yeah. I've been reading about Lizzie Borden the entire time that he was on here because I'm like, I need to know everything. Yeah, the, the thing that I, I heard that drove the whole thing and the possession and stuff, apparently it was a pretty hideous sexual assault situation. Well, you know, that totally kind of, to me... That is a great defense. If you've been yeah. abused for years and years, yeah. and you just and you finally yeah. just lose it, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's not I right agree. to, you know, stab your parents to right. death, but, but if they deserve it, give Lizzie a pass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she Probably it was dead, her though. stepmother, not her birth yeah. mother, that oh. she killed. Oh. Oh. I thought it was her stepfather. No, it's her stepmother because her mother had died. Before her dad killed her too, and then uh. and then he got remarried, and then she killed the stepmother first, and then the father. Oh, okay. Also, I would like <laughs> you're to talking just... as if she did it. She was acquitted. But I mean, if, if she actually did it, no matter what the reason is, do you act I'm in courts? It's like you still get in trouble because you did right. it. No matter what the reason is, right? Yeah. Usually, right. I mean, no, no, yeah. well, it's eighteen ninety-two. This happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. can get what's called. Oh, they were pretty mean back then. You're right. I was saying. I didn't yeah. know they acquitted people back yeah. then. And yeah. also, you, you can get the jury right nullification. Right yeah. You know where that jurors will be. come up, and <laughs> it's outside the law, but they decide. Eh, That's very know, rare. Though. It happens. Well, it it it, it happens. You well, know, and don't you get on cases? You get charged differently if. Like, like if she had been in a like few state when she murdered them, mm-hmm. he, she would have been charged differently. Because the necessarily. whole well, you'd probably have different evidence. Yeah, I don't know. You know? Is, is yeah. fugue state a defense? Well, like yeah, mental health, like yeah, hmm? psych- okay. like people but, claim psychosis all the right. time when they are charged yeah. with murder. Yeah. And they just put it. I mean, not that a couple of years ago, this the, what the Slenderman they put the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. gal in oh, jail yeah, or kids. two of them in jail in Wisconsin, and now. One of them just they last week yeah. uh, brought a motion to see if they can get out, yeah. and so you know that that happens, you know. So yeah. you can, but usually, but if it's a mental state issue, then they put you in the they put you in, and there's two ways they can put you in. They can put you in under the idea that you stay there until you get better enough to where we can charge you, or you get completely better. Or they decide that you're mentally incapacitated to do what you did. Then when you're completely better, you just get released and you're free. That's it. Hmm. So well, she, from what I'm reading, it very much seems like she did it. Well, it depends on who wrote that, too. But, you know. Yeah, that's true. Because it was like she was found burning a dress that she, the next day that she said was covered in paint. Okay. You don't burn uh, she bought prussic acid, prussic hydrogen cyanide. And it was sounds bad. Well, that was that's what they made candy out of back then. So mm, I mean, she was making what? candy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was she bought it for cleaning a seal skin cloak, and 
Well, you know, you do need that. Your seal. The, day, the day before <laughs> she, the, the murders happened, seal. and the judge ruled that the incident was too remote in time to have any connection. What happened the day before? The day before. Yeah. She well, was also seen sharpening her axe. Yeah. Yeah. Blades. Maybe like the whole community knew that this was going on. And just yeah. said, you know well, what? Could be. Her Can we brother, all yeah. <laughs> yeah, her brother was known for uh, killing pigeons with a hatchet. The brother oh. probably did. Well, the brother probably did. And she but the helped brother cover wasn't up. there. He was out on a walk. But there were a lot of people that lived in the house. <laughs> it was were, like yeah. her, her brother, her uncle was there. They had a maid and her stepmom and her dad. Hmm. Everybody was there. And then, yeah, it's but it's very interesting. You know the first time I ever heard about the Lizzie Borden murder? I was seven years old. You know why I heard about the, the Lizzie Borden murder when I was seven? Because you were jumping rope. Yep. Nope. Doing nope. double dutch. Nope. <laughs> My grandma Minnie told me about it. You know why she told me about it? As a warning to you? Right. No, she said, Tommy, when I was your age, Lizzie Borden murdered her parents. She was seven years old when, when they were murdered. She was seven? See, I, I was wondering if you talked to Sid about it when you were talking uh, about you were giving you were giving testimony like as if you talked to somebody who'd been there. Right. And then well, I'm like, so was that Sid? That's why I was laughing at those questions. Well, Sid was not but born was, until nineteen twenty. It was Minnie. Okay. Well, it was Minnie. Yeah. August fourth, eighteen ninety. Lizzie was thirty-two when these murders happened. Oh, she was. Oh, she was. Yeah. She was, she was a kid. Even a kid. Yep. I really thought that they thought this like eight-year-old. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. Not she that was long. born oh, in no. 1860. Yes. Was there another little child that and they happened? Stabbed. In yeah. This changed everything. She definitely did it. Ninety-two. Because <laughs> yeah. she's her age. She was my age. She was born the same uh -oh. the year that keep an eye Civil War Alex. started. Well, okay, the fact that you're not staying over anymore. The fact that she got acquitted <laughs> because she was a up. small woman, and how could she? Yeah. Do? I'm like, yeah. um, excuse me, feminism says she, like, I could, I could, I could kill, I could ask somebody to death if I felt so, like it. Next person you ask, you'll be like screaming about it. See, told, <laughs> told you. Well, well, you did really want to throw the axes at that place. She oh wanted my God, to do I the axe throwing. That's a great. Yeah, never done that? That's, no. fun. That's really fun to do. We did Hammerschlagen instead. Uh, uh, there's have, a bar like, there's in Waconia? Waconia. There's one yeah. in St. Cloud. The Ultimate now really? has, has axe throwing. There's one yeah. in Northeast Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. you just alcohol and axe throwing. What throwing. could go wrong? Yeah, Northeast really. Minneapolis has axe throwing yeah. while you're it's drinking like alcohol. Th it's like yeah. the throwing axe yeah. company or something. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I don't know if that's a good I idea. I did it in Wichita. How do you keep people from doing something stupid? They have. You have to have somebody there to watch, and they prevent that from happening. Does it make me feel better? Well, you can go pay to shoot but they have, guns. That's right. yeah. well, like very open. Uh, I know, and I thought that was weird when we went to a oh my range, God. and I was I like, they just gave me a gun. I know, and, and it I was like, an, like be weird with this. Yeah, it was an open area where we all just like standing next to everyone else with their okay, guns. Okay, if you go to Wisconsin, it's, like, it's literally just like a field. They put like hay bales on the end. Yeah, oh yeah, shoot. They do that down down Briar Lake too. I know. It's like you're trusting that nobody's gonna go psycho at that moment. There's a place in Bloomington. Happens on the road every day. That's part of yeah. life. Yeah, it's true. It's the way it is. I guess. You no, know, I drove past an archery thing mm -hmm. a few days ago, and it's just like hay bales and, and a field. Yeah, yeah they have that at Theater Worth Parkway. Yeah. Theater Worth. They, and yeah, the they still do yeah. every single yeah. fall. Oh, that's right. They shoot. They still shoot arrows there. They have one in Edina on France Avenue too. It's amazing. They it's have weird that in the seeing city. them right off. Yeah, like right yeah. off yeah. of the street. Yeah, you're driving. You're like, I know. Just a guy with a bow and arrow. 
Seems weird. They're driving giant <laughs> cars next to you. It's the oh, same no, I know, thing. Oh, no, no, I know, but it's like, because growing up in the country, like, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, like, yeah, there's like, like a gun club. And it's like, yeah, it's in the woods. Yeah. Kind of yeah. hidden, but like here, it's like there's no place to hide it. No, so like it's right off the right. street. Yeah, it's so weird. the question of the day, did the kids run a mile yesterday? They did. The both of them well, did. Well, ran a mile. Sage well, Sage started out being carried, I be had fair. to carry Sage <laughs> across the start line. And then all of a sudden, like... <clears throat> A hundred feet from the start line, he just wriggled out and just sprinted the rest so, of the way. A hundred feet out of the mile, he was carried. No, it probably wasn't even a hundred feet. Fifty feet, maybe. I never saw him. Okay. Being. Most of the way, Put he down. sprinted it, like full on, like arms. Uh, wait, I, was carried or he did it he most, of most of the mile? He ran most of the mile. Oh, yes. Cool. At first, he didn't want to because I think he's he's really sensitive to loud noises, mm-hmm. and there was well, like he got the kids up at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> my race, my race started at seven no. fifteen, mm-hmm. so I did my race. They and you did ten me. miles. I did six point two. Oh, you did six point two. Okay, six point two. Was the longest. 10, or was there a longer one than 10? The 10 is on Sunday. I've uh, done that one before, too. I thought yours was Sunday. No, I did Saturday. Mine oh, was a 10K. Okay. okay. Mine was a 10K, and then there's a 10-mile on Sunday as well as the marathon. Okay. And all the, the 5K, the 10K, and all the family events are always Wait, on how Saturday. Many, how far is 10K? Six, 10K, 6.2 6. 2 miles. Okay. Yeah. Why do call it six miles? It's better to say 10K. Yeah. yeah. 10K. Sounds, sounds farther. Right. It yeah. does. It does sound fun. <laughs> it's ran 10,000. Like, if someone came up to you and said, would you want to run 10K or 10 miles, which one would you choose? Just off the top of your head. You'd probably go with the 10, 10 miles. miles yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you'd find out you're almost doing yeah. double. Yeah. yeah. So, i got to yeah. ask you a question, Alex. Yes, sir. Why do your children love to sit on my lap now? They never used to, but now they love to. There's more space. You have a lot now. Made a fat joke. <laughs> no, no, no it's, I'm it's saying less, there's it's, more space. Yeah, it's, it's less of a fat joke. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Oh, less of a fat joke. No, it's less of a fat joke. It's less of a fat joke. It's a skinny joke. It's a skinny joke. More space. It's so sweet. They come over and sit on my lap. Like Sagey yesterday at the birthday party sat on my lap for about an hour. Just schmoozing. He, he turned around. Eating popcorn. Eating popcorn. What oh, was yeah. that green popcorn? Oh, he loved the green. It was, uh, was, it was my, okay, my uh, father's. McFlurry popcorn. My father's McFlurry. birthday, his 95th birthday is on Friday, sure, but we I'm had his shake. birthday party on Sunday because that worked mm-hmm. out better for everybody. Mm-hmm. And apparently well, up at the cabin in Park Rapids, yeah. there is some sort of popcorn shop. Mm-hmm. Which sells when this green popcorn with all kinds of different flavors, flavor. yeah. and that was Grandpa's favorite, so they bought him that for oh. his birthday. And then Sage ate all the green popcorn, and so Sage Don didn't get it. It's, <laughs> it's a popcorn ice cream shop, isn't it? And people yeah. ride their bikes there. Yep, yep, yep. It's the big event. You mm-hmm. ride your bike to the pi- ice yep. cream. Whenever I hear about stores in the middle of nowhere, that like this some super specialty store that sells this bizarre popcorn. I always expect to go in there and buy my popcorn and then leave and then turn around and the shop isn't there anymore. <laughs> it just disappears. It's like, wait a minute. Yes, that's exactly. Where what does this the popcorn come from? Yeah. seen out of Doctor Who. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's so great about days like yesterday. It just, everything ran very smoothly. Nobody was a pain in the ass. The young Muslim woman who worked there could not have been sweeter. She went out of her way to help her. Everybody just got along really well. Could we just do that in the real world? What about that? No, That'd be good. Absolutely not. I gave the staff cupcakes, so that. Oh, that was all about <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't on. Although yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah, fully yeah. expecting a harshly worded letter from my dad's building because no yeah. one was wearing no masks. one was wearing a mask outside. 
except for me when it, you were the only one. Yeah, when you had to hide behind it. When you <laughs> well, even my brother Daryl, who was supposed to be wearing a mask because he just got done with chemotherapy, he kept on pulling his down. I'm like, people! Yeah. Oh, that he was did. like at the race. They they sent this whole email. It was just like, you have to wear a mask until you cross the start line, and then you can take it off. And once you cross the finish line, you have to put your mask back on. And so everybody wore their masks for like maybe a minute, yeah. and then they crossed the start line and took it off. And then the finish line, we all put our masks back on, but then we were like huffing and puffing because yep. we just yeah. ran right. 6.2 mm-hmm. miles, yeah. and we couldn't breathe. And so then we took our masks off, and there was not a single person that was like, put your mask back on. No, so no exactly. one was wearing You're outside. Right, yeah. yeah. I feel yeah. if you're outside. Well, is there, has there been a lot of spreading of COVID in outdoor outdoors. events? I haven't heard of any. Well, it's almost all like, it's like the flu, where... But that could it be doesn't in the bars. really spread outside. Potentially, yeah. that could be in the bars. I mean, All I know maybe. is, like, in the height of the pandemic, like, I was on the 35W bridge with eight billion oh, the people, eight thousand yeah. people, yeah. and Nobody I didn't hear about any COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Outbreak. So I think we're, if yeah. you're outside, you're all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, probably true. The guy at the garage sale said that his neighbor or whatever got it outside. Remember? How does how do they know? He yelled right. at all of us for not wearing it. He was said he was like, "There's too many people gathered outside." Is this literally, the guy have in the garage seven, sale? No, no, we. Oh, we, my say, neighborhood had a garage sale. Oh, I, I, I thought I thought the guy at the garage sale wanted <laughs> people coming by would then right. yell at people for showing up. No, so everybody but, okay. was in their own driveway. Oh, but this is this is that house. guy though, is it? Yeah. Oh well, then th- yeah. that guy. Everybody just... was in their own driveways <laughs> at their house, and the guy was like, "There's too many people crowded around outside," and it's like there's seven. Of us, and we're all in separate driveways. Well, he was a little. He was weird. He yeah. was. Well, it's like I, I DJed a wedding this weekend, and it was like a country wedding out of somebody's house. And so this one of the groomsmen's like giving people hugs, and he gets to this like older guy, and he's like, "Don't hug me." He's yeah. Like, he's, like, I like he's like, he's like, I don't have the vaccine, and I just don't want to be hugged by you. I was like, yes, thank you, thank don't you, sir, for being. Me. Well, if anyone should worry, it's the very old. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or the That's very ill. True, yeah. And the very nope. overweight. It's like, I'm not taking mm-hmm. any chances. <laughs> All right, we gotta, we got to oh. take a break here. We got the second. Oh, my God, it's the great Kostaki coming mm. up. Did you hear about that Sounds one? Sounds like a magician. The great Kostaki? <laughs> Joe, Joe from Louisville. <laughs> saw him, yeah. Joe from Louisville saw him. Uh, he, he appeared down there over the weekend. Oh, right. And there's a picture of the two of them together. Finally. I got to take a picture with the great Kostaki. Oh, oh my God. Hear about the ego is going to be out of control. Typical. We'll take a break. Be right back in a couple minutes with Kostaki Economopolis. <laughs>